Welcome to the Contribution Revolution podcast, a revolution in kindness, love, and compassion. We're here to talk about all things nonprofit and celebrate nonprofit heroes. I'm your host, IRS licensed nonprofit expert, Mark Del Gershio, and featuring the founder of Nonprofit Advisor Group, my beautiful wife, Tricia. Be sure to visit contributionrevolution.org and tell us about your nonprofit's goals and aspirations. Your organization could qualify for a grant or other awards. And while you're there, sign the Contribution Revolution Pledge to make this world a kinder and more compassionate place. Okay, let's get started. Uh, welcome, everyone, to the Contribution Revolution podcast. My name is Mark Del Gershio. I'm your host, along with my co-host, the beautiful Trisha, and uh, also my wife, by the way. And we have a very special guest today. We're super excited. Berenice Castillo of the Military Spouse Advocacy Network. I hope I got most of that right. So uh, welcome and thank you again for, for doing this. Uh, you know, you're one of the uh, legacy clients, if you will. You've been around uh, us for quite a while. And, and so we're really excited to you know, have you share what you've been up to and, uh, and what the organization is about. So why don't we start there? And, um, you know, share with the audience kind of what, what the mission and agenda is and what you're doing. And then I want to backtrack and kind of go through the history of how you got to where you are, because I know you have a lot of uh, substantial traction in what you're doing. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very, very excited to be here and uh, get, get back into, I mean, I have been in touch with Trisha throughout the years, but I've been able to share with you what has come up. Military Spouse Advocacy Network from day one, from the time that I reached out and I said, hey, I need some help. What, what do I do? Where do I start? And uh, to share with you throughout the conversation, the growth and the impact that we're having in the community is, is extremely, not only exciting, but it's so needed. So to know that we're filling a gap where it's needed and the support that we're providing to military spouses and their families, it is, it is extremely um I feel humbled to be part of it, and, and I'm also excited that other spouses are excited about what we're doing and they want to contribute. So, so supporting military families is, is, is very, very vital at this time. And, and a lot of the times, you know, those that are listening to us right now, probably they don't even understand the military lifestyle. They don't understand what the military goes through and, and the sacrifices that we have to make. So I'm hoping that with this conversation, not only do I get to share about MSAM, but I also get to educate those that want to support the military, but they don't even know how. So thank you for the opportunity. Oh, you're very welcome. And thank you. Uh, I mean, it's it's so important. I think that um, there is a, uh, you know, generally a good uh, amount of support for military personnel, right? People always want to get around that, but I, I uh, meaning wrap them around that type of agenda. But I think the spouses sometimes um, are not the things that people are necessarily thinking about, right? Because, and it, particularly the hardships of uh, things like deployments and, um, you know, you may have two spouses that are active duty or serving or reservists that get uh, called up to active duty, right? So a lot of different things there. Um, how does your organization help support these military spouses? You know, one of the, uh, the main focuses that we had from day one was providing peer-to-peer -peer support and education to all the brand new military spouses. That be becoming a brand new military spouse, when you are not familiar with the lifestyle, when you have no idea what this is all about, and it's not true, there's a stigma out there where people tell us, you know what you're getting yourself into. No, we don't, we don't. Even when you're a military dependent, becoming a spouse is completely different. 
So no, we are not really, we know what is out there. We know what are the possibilities and probably some of the, uh, the consequences, but being in the lifestyle, we really don't know it until you're there. So military spouses and their families, we do have to deal with daily challenges. From the time that you become a new spouse, trying to learn the community, trying to learn, learn, you have to learn a new language because you have to learn how to communicate with your spouse because they come home and they're talking to you in a different language. Um, from having to not only take care of your home, you take care of your spouse so that they are successful for their, their careers. You have to take care of your community. We are the ones that are always identifying the gaps in our community. And we are the ones saying we're going to make something and we're going to make it work and we're going to fix it. So not only we're we taking care of everyone else in, in our home, we're taking care of our communities. So it is, it is one of those things that when you look back and you are thinking, I was that brand new spouse that came in and I felt isolated, scared, overwhelmed, wanted to stay at home and not talk to anybody because I thought I would get my spouse in trouble for talking to someone to having to say, you know what, I have to get out of this because it's consuming me and I have to be able to do something. So right now, it's very normal for military spouses. And even back then, but back then, people didn't talk too much about it. But now we're coming forward to say, military spouses need support because this is how we feel at the beginning. We feel out of place. We have like, we left our family, we left our friends, we left everything behind to go to a place that you're out of place, you don't feel like that's your community. And we have to start from fresh every single time we move. And that can be every year, every two, every three, you name it. So that's not only heavy on the spouse, but even on the dependents, even on the kids. Yeah, it's extremely challenging. I mean, I have uh, my sons, you know, are men of service too, and my daughter-in-law. So, and I understand because it impacts the whole family and mm -hmm. the children, when you bring children on board and the moving and the constant changing your environment. And well, your mom was a military spouse. My mom too. Right. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's, it's never easy. I, I, I remember having to change high schools. I went to four high schools, you know, um, that's not easy, you know? So, uh, I'm really proud of you. I'm so excited. I mean, we've known each other. We got connected about nine years ago. And so how many people, like, what's your connection? What, what, how many people are involved and how, what's your reach? What's going on yes. with that? So, you know, one of the other things that I want to share with everybody is that when you have an idea or when you have a passion, share with others and don't be afraid of it. It's the opposite. If you're afraid of it, it's because it's worth it. And uh, when I was put in a place that, that the volunteer work that I was doing for the Air Force had grown so much that I was pushed to turning this into a nonprofit. I sat down with my mentor and I said, no, I'm not ready. I have no idea about how to manage a nonprofit. This is not what I, what I, I don't know how to do that. And my, my fear was, I don't wanna go to jail for doing something wrong. And, um, and they told me, no, that's why you gotta get close to the experts and that's why you gotta get guidance from those that know how to do this and you'll be just fine. And, and it was you, Trish. It was you that when I came to it, I said, okay, I have an idea. I don't know where to start, how to do it. And you told me, don't worry, we got you. This is what we gotta do. And it, it, it started from just me with an idea and, and a few volunteers that wanted to do the same thing that I was doing to now having over 150 volunteers worldwide 
not only supporting the Air Force, we support all the branches, National Guard and Reserves. And not too long ago, we opened our services to caregivers, veteran spouses, retirees, Gold Star spouses, and surviving spouses. We, we saw the need that everyone, all the spouses are always looking for peer-to-peer -peer support, peer-to-peer -peer mentorship, someone to listen to them, someone to guide them and answer the questions. And something that we do is that we have this 24 seven. So no matter the day or the time that you have a question or you need support, you get a hold of us and there's always someone ready to support you. So the education, the support, and the empowerment that, that we provide for military spouses, they're all through programming and every single program connects. And from the time that we bring a military spouse to us with a question or feeling alone or lost, at the end of all the programming, they become leaders in their community. So if those three programs connect with each other, it's a full circle of support. So it, I never thought that this would happen. I had that vision, never thought that it will actually become a reality and be as successful as it is. Uh, right now we have, for the, the community impact report that we have for this past year, we have over 400,000 uh, military spouses average that we have worldwide. We have official collaborations with the Air Force. Uh, we sit down at the table with Joining Forces, which is an initiative with Dr. Joe Biden at the White House. We work with other, with other administrations as well. We support the Department of Defense. So you name it, we're, we're on those tables. And, and we are so glad that, that they trust with what we do and they, they are ready to listen because we bring that feedback from the brand new young spouses, the youngest generation of the military. And we are able to share those stories with our leaders. I just want to go back through those numbers because I think, you know, people listening, it's really phenomenal. Over yeah. 150 volunteers. You've impacted 400,000 military spouses. Mm -hmm. um, partnerships or collaborations with the different branches of the military, uh, Department of Defense, even the White House. I mean, that is so impressive. And I was looking at your website and, you know, for people that are watching or listening, one of the things I think is really important because we'll have people that are interested in starting a nonprofit that have a nonprofit trying to um, get some more traction. And when I looked at your website and and knowing you and how much you've accomplished, right? Like in other words, these fundamentals, you, you have a, a board, a functioning board of directors, which um, as I recall, you have two attorneys. Uh, there's a male spouse on there. Yeah, you have three, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, there's male military spouses as well. But, yes. I mean, you have a really nice representation of people. And um, the classes that you offer look like they're on about an every 10-day or two-week pacing with the webinars and different content that you're doing, um, a lot of different educational opportunities. And then those individual outreach uh, folks that if somebody's challenged with a certain, you know, a specific thing that they could go to those folks and there's pictures of them. I mean, it's phenomenally great, right? And so it's a textbook on, on how to do things right. I'm, I'm sure you probably made some mistakes or things that you regret along the way, but the, the result, and everybody will, but the result's phenomenal. So congratulations on that. And, and we're gonna encourage everybody to visit your website and let's see what you're doing. You know, people ask us all the time, you know, what should I be doing is how should I market? How should I get out there? I always tell people model something that's working, right? You don't have to reinvent the wheel and figure it all out. Um, you may have something that's a little different, different agenda, different folks you're trying to help, but the template's there. You've done an absolutely outstanding job with that. Yeah, thank you. You know, and, and I, I will also uh, add to 
rely on those that believe in your vision and those that can become volunteers, those that are willing to, to give you some of their time to, to guide you through this. I mean, the website, the social media, everything that we do, uh, MSIN ran, is ran by probably 97, 98% of volunteers. Um, I was a volunteer for MSIN for the past probably eight years. Uh, and in the entire time it was 100% commitment, but I was a volunteer for years and years. And yes, it was a nonprofit that I founded, but I rely on those around me, not just to learn, but also to help me do what MSAN is now. So every past, present and future volunteer that comes through MSAN, they are the reason why we look that way with you and we're able to accomplish what we do because of them. It's, you know, it's an advantage too. Um, you have like-minded people, right? And so, uh, you know that's a that's an, uh, a nice way to build a, a group of supporters because you know all of these folks are in the same boat and i think you pointed out something earlier which is really important a lot of times particularly new military spouses feel that isolation and yes. they're you know away from the, what they know is their home and there's a whole different language that's spoken and i know when we're with your sons all these acronyms and they <laughs> i'm like come on man like what are you talking about Yes, yeah. Simple. <laughs> Use <Yeah>. words. <laughs> so, you know, it's a whole other thing, right? And and um and two, um, you know, one son's a commander. So, you know, you have young people, right? And mm -hmm. and dealing with people that are 18, 19, 20 years old, newly married, maybe not at that maturity level, even for that piece of their life, and then someone's deployed or uh, you know, those types of things. So it's gotta be really tough, right? And then you have more senior folks like yourself, and um and that have been around and, and know how the game is played and, and what people are going through. So that like-minded audience is, is a really nice way to connect and build from there. Yes, definitely, definitely. You know, and the stories, it, they're just amazing. And that's what I get to share. To me, it's not just about the numbers. Each number represents a story. And if we don't know the story behind the number, then our impact is not meaningful. We got to be able to know the stories of those numbers in order for us to really say that we are creating an impact and that we're filling the gap. So what would be um, one lesson that you could share with us that you've learned along, along the way on this journey? I, I can share two. One as a uh, non-military spouse and one as a military spouse. The one as a non-military spouse is you always hear that everything happens for a reason, and it is true. Pay attention to your experiences and everything that you have come through. Uh, I am an immigrant from Mexico. I came to the United States when I was 16. And uh, I remember that feeling of isolation, uh, being in a brand new community, feeling out of place, not knowing the language, having to leave my family and friends behind and having to start all over again. Never thought, that eight years later, when I married my husband, I was gonna go through that again as a military spouse. And, and at that moment, it clicked and I think, oh my goodness, this is why I went through that when I was 16, because I was gonna go through it again, but it was gonna be in a different, in a different scenario. But everything that I was able to apply when I was 16 in order to move forward and being able to be successful is the same things that I did uh, when I became a military spouse. So every experience that you go through, good or bad or challenging, one day you're gonna remember that and say, that's why I have to learn from my failures. That's why I have to learn from the good, the bad and the ugly because you never know when you're going to apply that again. 
uh, when I became a military spouse, what I learned was that I needed to be very flexible and I needed to be ready for the unknown. And it's not an easy thing to do. And that's why you have to rely on your community, on your peers, on your network, on your mentors, because you never know what's coming your way because you never know where you're gonna be at. And that can be from your spouse coming home at five o'clock in the afternoon and say, hey, guess what? I'm deploying again. And, and it comes out of nowhere. Oh, guess what? I got orders for moving. Oh, guess what? I'm going TDY and I'm leaving for I don't know how long. And guess what? I cannot tell you where I'm going. So you have to be extremely flexible and, and be ready for the unknown because there's an unknown almost all the time and, and you gotta be prepared for it. But once again, all those experiences and having a strong network of peers and, and neighbors and family members, your, your military community becomes your family. And as long as you rely on them, you'll be fine because they'll be there to support you and no matter what happens. You know, it's so important too, like when you uh, think about the uh, number of suicides in active duty personnel, right? Uh, and the role that the, the spouse can play in preventing that, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times it probably has to do with the isolation, the pressure, uh, you know, the uncertainty, all those things, and, and some of which you just mentioned. And so, you know, there's there's focus on these, uh, the military personnel themselves, but really it's the, the spouses play a very important role in um, maintaining that stability of the family and also recognizing um, somebody that perhaps, you know, needs some help themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, before they get to that point where it becomes extreme. So it's a it's a really noble thing. It's it goes way beyond just, you know, helping people acclimate to military life, but but really to impact those families and also the the dependents, the children, and so on. And super cool. Yeah, you know, the um the suicide rates within military spouses and even dependents is is also high. The reason why it's not out there is because it's not um, measured the same way as it is active duty members, because we are civilians. So the uh, the, the government, the, the Department of Defense is not really tracking, uh, they're tracking and they, they wanna know what is going on, but it's hard to give you in, um, in a number and say, this is the amount of spouses committing suicide. This is the amount of dependents committing suicide, but we know because we hear about it because we see spouses struggling. And what you said earlier, very true. Something I share with everybody is, you always hear everybody saying, the military spouses are the backbone of the military because we take care of our homes, our kids, our dependents, our spouse, our career, and the mission. But calling us the backbone of the military comes with expectations, and that can be very heavy. That brings expectations on ourselves that we need to be okay in order to take care of everyone else. And a lot of the times people do not do that. Spouses do not do that. They take care of everyone else and they're not, take it. they're not taking care of themselves. So we're trying to change that, that in order for us to take care of others, it's that kind of like on the plane, you gotta wear your mask on first and then you help others. It's the same in the military, what we do as spouses. We gotta take care of ourselves before we can take care of our kids, our spouse, the mission, the entire thing. So, so yeah, we gotta make sure that, that we change the narrative that it's okay to ask for help. Okay, so uh, let's uh, go a little di different direction. What would we catch you doing on a Sunday? Oh my goodness. So I, believe it or not, I am a little bit of an introvert. 
So I do a lot of stuff during the week that talking to people and everything when it comes to MSAN, it's just like right now, I love to talk and I love to share my mission and, and the passion that I have. But during the weekends, I like to stay at home and as, I like it to be nice and quiet. My kids are old. My, my oldest son is uh, in the university. He's 21. The youngest one is 16. So I don't have little kids. So now I can afford to actually say, okay, after all these years, I just want to go outside on the porch and I want it to be nice and quiet. And, and, and then I'll come back inside when I'm ready to start talking again. But I like to be at home. My husband loves to grill and, and we're always out here. I mean, we like it nice and quiet. <laughs> oh, we love, we love quiet, peace and quiet. <laughs> exactly. When you're busy, you know, and most people are, you know, it's, it's nice to find that, that time to connect to yourselves you know, whether it's a, you as a couple or, or your internal mm -hmm. self, right. And having that, that solitude and that connection to yourself, to, to gather your thoughts, to, to move through those different things that help you to have that strength and that, that, that constant that you need to have once you go back out there on that Monday or whatever that day of the beginning of the week is for, for that person. Right. So I, I'm a real big person on finding that that connection to self. Well, That's yeah. Awesome. And you're, you're running an organization and you're a military spouse. And so, you know, he's kids and all that stuff. So it's, it's good to be able to tune out for a little bit anyway. And yes. um, take, you know, I was, I was just saying right now that we got to make sure that we take care of ourselves before everyone else. So what I got to do is be in my quiet place, what actually helps me fill up my cup and then be ready for the next week. So yeah, I got to be able to to teach what I preach, I think that's the saying. So, so yeah, I gotta make sure that I take care of me too. <laughs> I want to ask a question on on the volunteer program. Um, is there like an ascension model? Like, in other words, when someone uh, volunteers, then are they uh, committing to doing more in the future or uh, developing themselves so that they could become more uh, valuable to the organization? I, you seem to suggest that, but I wasn't really sure if that's what you were meant by it. Yes, we do. So all of our volunteers uh, uh, actually go through, of course, the other process of becoming volunteers. We have a, a full human resources department and um, they, they get a uh, role description. This is what you're going to be doing, the amount of hours that is required for you every week. And this is what you're going to do. They receive training on MSAN and their, and their job, not job, but the, the role. But once you become a volunteer, we have a quarterly professional development training, which means that we send our volunteers to receive training, micro certifications on mental health, on um, sexual assault, domestic violence, not to become experts, but as, as mentors, they need to at least be able to identify those red flags when someone is in distress. Uh, we, we provide all that, all that kind of a training and, and professional development for our volunteers. We cannot pay them, but we can at least invest and helping them to develop the skills. And eventually they can become part of MSA and staff. Uh, our, our VP of development strategy, she started uh, as one of our volunteers and then she kept moving up and up and up and now she's our VP of development and strategy. So our volunteers not only get the opportunity to develop their skills, but also to get uh, to become part of MSA and staff. And I, I rather do that because these volunteers share the passion. And to me, it's easier to teach them the day-to-day the -day responsibilities than bringing someone from, from the outside that never experienced MSAN 
It's hard to teach passion. It's hard to teach how to believe at MSAN when our volunteers have been with us for years, they go all the way up. I mean, we have volunteers with us. They have been with us from, from like six, seven years ago and they continue to move up because they, they believe in what we do and, and we, we help them to develop and get into, into that, that kind of level. That's a really cool thing. I mean, investing in the people that are volunteers, you know, nonprofits are, a lot of them at least are looking for volunteers, but there really isn't any plan to, you know, what's in it for them, right? And so um, not that they're volunteering because they want some benefit, but it, it certainly makes them want to stick around longer, I think, if they're picking up some skills along the way and also overcoming things that they may be uncomfortable doing or talking about right, which now they have a confidence level and a level of competency to, to develop themselves. I mean, that, that's really awesome. And very few nonprofits, I think, do that. So it's, yes. yeah, I, 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 I always, heard you suggested that. And I thought, wait, does, that sounds like a really great model. So yes. I'm glad you, thank I, I you for always, sharing it. When, when I get to talk to my peers, I always share with them. I mean, it is because of those volunteers that we're able to, to fulfill the mission. If we don't take care of them, we're not doing nothing. And I always tell my volunteers, hey, you are part of this puzzle. Without you, the puzzle is incomplete. And we're not going to fulfill the, passion, the, the mission. So in order for us to, to keep the, uh, the morale and welfare of our volunteers and continue to fulfill their passion, then you have to make sure that they feel appreciated. I hear their feedback. I, I meet with our volunteers often and, hey, what's your feedback? Why are you hearing it? Then all of that and every feedback that we get from them is implemented to actually grow and, and make our programming even better. So our volunteers make you or break you. So it's up to you if you wanna utilize them correctly and, and grow them and, or, or, or take the risk. And, and I believe in them and, and I, that's, that's my commitment to our volunteers and I'll do whatever I can to make sure they have great opportunities. Let's talk a little bit about funding. So I noticed on the website, it appears as though you've gotten, the organization's gotten some grants. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. How long did it take to, to get a grant from inception, from when, when you got your tax exempt status? Did it take a long time? What, what did that process look like? It, it took some years to get the bigger grants. Uh, and, and that's one of the hardest things about being a, a nonprofit. Uh, there's so many of us and, and everybody's fighting for the same funding. And, um, and, and we all have a valid point and a valid mission. And uh, so it takes time to get to the level that you need to be in order to get the grants, the, the bigger grants, the big sponsorships. Uh, not because it's not worth it, but at, at least in our case with MSAN, we had to build the trust and reputation that what we were doing it was really with them with the purpose of filling a gap. And we had to justify within all the branches that our program is not overlapping with any official resources. It's the opposite. We supplement the official resources. We bring people to them so they can provide that support. So it took a little bit of time for them to, to be like, oh yeah, that's true. This is really working. Oh yeah, now we want to hear about it. Now we want to want to have you in this meeting. And, and it took a few years for me to be part of those round tables and, and being able to participate. But it's never about that. You know, and today I, I shared this thing on my Facebook um, about leadership. And it's not about you. And it's not about people talking about you. It is about what people is talking about your service 
and what you're doing for others. And I think with MSAN, it was exactly that. It was not, I never wanted to be the face of MSAN. I am blessed because I had an idea and this is where it is now. But MSAN is, is its own and it should be known by its mission and not by someone's face. So I had to do this for years that if you're gonna know MSAN it's because of what we do. It's because of our programs, not because of somebody's face. So if you wanna get to that, then it's gonna take you a little bit of time. <clears throat> if you wanna if you wanna get it out there right away and for everybody to know it, maybe people are gonna know you and your face, not necessarily your mission and what you represent. Uh, I wanna make sure that if one day I can no longer continue with MSAN, if I step back, MSAN should not feel my absence. And whoever comes in to take my place should be able to continue to be successful and grow MSAN because it was never about me, but about the mission. So, so yeah, definitely does. It takes time. It takes time. Do not give up. Be patient. Sometimes you're going to say, I want to throw everything out the window. I'm done. I don't know what I'm doing. Do not do that. Every, take, a, take a break. Take a deep breath and keep moving forward. But it does take, take time. But collaborations, networking, and, and try to ask for that seat on the table, even if they are not for it to you, is very, very vital for you to continue to grow in and, and for people to notice what you're doing. That's a huge point. And being able to plug into, you know, other organizations, particularly ones that are near related, related. Um, so, you know, that's a lot of people are reluctant to do that. And mm -hmm. in some ways they feel it's a competitive thing or they're just shy or, you know, they don't feel they have the skill sets, but, but that's a great point. And, and I love the way you said it, get a seat at the table, right? I, yeah. I actually think it was extremely valuable that piece of information you just shared there for anyone with an organization and, and continuing that message through the mission, right? Not the individual, but the mission. I, I think that's really powerful too. So that was a, a whole wealth of golden nuggets there. Oh. Information. <laughs> you want to say though, you're very modest. You've, we've won a lot of awards and um, oh. you know, you've done a great job. You're <laughs> you're not tooting your own horn. We'll do it for you, but definitely uh, check out the website because um you know, you've, you, you've really, and, and that is important too, right? Um, having that person that is getting the awards, the visionary, the person that um, is, is making it happen. Um, people see that recognition and it, it makes them want to get on board, creates a legitimacy around it. And I know that wasn't your intent to win awards, but you have. And so congratulations on those too, Thank because you. it's, again, it's awesome. And it, it really puts a nice wrapper around the organization and the mission. And you were one of the first folks that we've talked to that have used the word mission at least 10 times. So, you know, very mission focused. I think that's so important because a lot of these organizations, sometimes they lose sight of what originally was the mission, right? And, you know, what are we trying to accomplish here? I think something else you mentioned too, which is important, we talk about sometimes having that succession plan, right? And developing people, um, you know, putting and this is not you, but putting your ego aside and realizing that, hey, the mission is the reason you're doing this and who can uh, carry on, right? And and continue on and grow and uh, and provide that service and support for, for whatever that mission is. So really important points, great stuff. How'd you get so good at being an organizer? I, you know, I think that's, I don't know if I'm like really good or not. I uh, Hopefully I am, but I think that's part of the lifestyle. You have to have everything in order in order before you take your next move and you have to have everything in order 
before you take the next step. I mean, so it, it's more than multitasking. It's more than being organized. But like I said, we all share our, our we, we all have a passion for something. And that can be for your community, for your local school, for you name it. There's so many different ways. And if you focus on that passion, you will grow it and you'll learn from it. I mean, I I made mistakes and in all of that and failures. And sometimes I'm like, I'm done with this. I don't know why I'm doing. Uh, but those are the moments where I what I have when I have learned the most. And, and rely on your peers, rely on your mentors. And believe it or not, I continue to learn from those younger spouses that are joining our lifestyle, that are joining the military. I always learn from everybody around me, young, older, new, not new, you name it. I'm always ready to learn. And that at the moment that you think that you know it all, then this at the moment they're already failing. Uh, the moment that you realize that you will always learn from everybody around you, and you continue to grow. And, and that's what you're going to share uh, with others. So, so continue to be open-minded and it's okay if you're wrong. And it's okay to say that you're wrong and, and, and admit that you need others because we don't know it all. And like I said, I just carry a title and I was blessed to have a, a vision, but it's because all of those around me that, that we have been able to accomplish what we've done. So where can our listeners find you online? What's the best way to connect? Yeah, definitely. So if you want to talk to me, if you want some mentorship in the nonprofit area or anything that I've done, uh, don't, don't hesitate to look me up on LinkedIn, Berenice Castillo, uh, on our website, militaryspouseadvocacynetwork.org. Uh, you can send us an email. If you want to become a volunteer, we also have an, an option for a, a site for the opening positions. If you believe in our mission and you wanna help us continue to grow and you wanna send us a donation, you can also go to the website, but, the, but go ahead and find me on LinkedIn. And like I said, I'm always willing to share what I know with everybody. There's no secrets, there's no secret formula. We are all supporting our community or, human, or humankind. We wanna make it better. I'm more than happy to share what I know, what I've done and what worked and what didn't work. So I know that it will eventually uh, be good for everybody. Denise, I have so much gratitude and just towards you and just, I'm so proud of you and everything you've done. I'm just, just thrilled, thrilled to be here today and to hear all this really positive stuff. You've become just a fabulous mentor. I hear it in all the things that you're saying, and you must be a wonderful guide to these people, these spouses that that need that support. So thank you for all that you've been doing for our military spouses. It means a lot. Yeah, and the service members. Yes. Yeah, there you yeah. go. It helps them too. No? Yeah, thank you for the opportunity and, and thank you for what you do. Like I said, it was... I you that was the very first person that kept me motivated to do what I'm doing now. And and if it was not you, probably this would not be here. So you were one of those that from the beginning encouraged me to keep doing what I was doing and to tell me, don't be afraid, it's gonna be fine. We got you. So thank you for what you're doing and for continuing to inspire others, other leaders in, in our communities. You are so kind. Thank you. That is so sweet. Well, I think that, you know, um, this has just been a wonderful journey, and I hope all of you listeners out there have just learned some amazing, really cool stuff, and this has just been a joy, and I hope you look up the Military Spouse Advocacy uh, Network. Org. <laughs> Definitely, look at the website. It's awesome. Right. 
um, because it's all wonderful. And again, we appreciate you so much for being here with us today. And don't hesitate to reach out to us anytime you need anything. We're still here for you every day. Thank you for joining us today. I hope what you heard will inspire you to join a movement of kind and compassionate people who care about others. Be sure to support our guest and visit contributionrevolution.org for free tips, training, and inspiring stories of our nonprofit love revolutionaries. Remember, it's up to all of us to make the world a kinder, loving, and compassionate place. Signing off until next time. See you soon.